Well, as uh, some of you may know, my name is Nate. Um, I'm the new associate pastor here for Student Ministries. And so um, tonight I just want to start off and I just want to extend an invitation from both my wife and I. Um, We're here for you guys. And we're excited that we get to be here with you guys in Colorado Springs. And so seriously, if you guys need anything at all, if you need prayer, if you just need to talk, my wife and I are here for you guys. And we are so excited to be with you. And as we can um, just continue to know more of you, we're just, yeah, it's such a blessing. You guys are awesome, and we are just blessed to be here. So thank you, guys. So week two of Advent, right? Uh, last week we talked about hope, and this week we're uh, hopping into the second week of it. But it's crazy. Today is December 6th. Does that blow anybody's mind? Like, it's already December, middle of December, almost. How many days away from Christmas are we? We're like 19 days. That's insane. Has anybody, does everybody got their Christmas shopping done here? Raise your hand if you got your Christmas shopping done already. Was anybody out there on Black Friday kicking old ladies for uh, toasters or like pushing over five-year-olds for the new Xbox? Anybody doing that? No? All right. Well, sweet. I love this time of year, but would you guys agree with me that it can go by so fast? We get to Thanksgiving, and it's like just a complete blur from Thanksgiving to New Year's, and I'm like, oh, we missed it. We missed Christmas. We missed the peace of this time of year. It's crazy what we do for decorations. It's crazy what we're doing, trying to get gifts for everybody, all the Christmas parties, everything that's going on. And tonight we're in our second week of our Advent series, and we're talking about peace. It's like peace, you say, like Jesus brings peace. This feels like one of the most unpeaceful times of year sometimes, it feels like. It feels like it's just everyone's running in all different directions, trying to get everything done, trying to celebrate everything, when this time of year is supposed to be a celebration of our Savior, a remembrance, a reflective time to understand what our Savior has done for us. But we've made it a time of year where we're all stressed out to the max. And so tonight what we want to do is we want to dive in to God's word and to understand who is this Prince of Peace that's come and what is the peace that he's bringing us tonight. We're going to look at the different peace that Jesus brings that's different than maybe what the world calls peace tonight. So will you guys do this with me? Will you all uh, open up your hands? And we're just going to pray and we're going to invite God's presence and invite his peace in tonight. Father God, we invite you into this place right now. In this season that feels like it just flies by and it's just crazy and everybody's just running around, we just pray that we can slow down for a second tonight to understand the peace that you're trying to bring to our lives. Understand that you are the Prince of Peace and that the peace that you bring is unlike anything else that we can experience, God. And so tonight we just invite you in, we give you our lives, we give you this service. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So tonight, we're talking about how Jesus restores peace. What do we think of when we think of peace, though? What does that mean to you guys? Anybody got a good definition of peace for me? What do you got? What's a good definition for peace? Okay, that's pretty solid. So I would agree with you. Our idea of peace, a lot of the time, I feel like it's just based on the absence of conflict. That if there's no conflict, then we must be at peace. If we're not trying to kill our siblings, if we're like at good, in good standing with them, then there must be peace, right? We agree with that? And so tonight I want to look at, though, the peace that Jesus brings that's a little bit different than just maybe the absence of conflict. If you guys want to open up your Bibles, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It should be up on the screen as well. Let's read it from there. It says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. And he will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So here in Isaiah, we have the prophet who's saying, hey, the Messiah is going to come. He's going to be wonderful counselor, prince of peace. The government's going to be on his shoulders. He's going to be a mighty ruler on the throne of David. I don't know about you guys, but when I read this, I'm thinking Jesus, when he's going to be born, when the Messiah's coming, he's come to wreak some havoc. He's like, I'm going to take over the throne. I'm going to come down to earth. I'm going to establish the kingdom. I'm thinking like, man, Jesus is going to be this mighty warrior. That's what I kind of read here is, it sees that he's with the, the Lord of armies, that he's going to come down. He's going to take over the throne. And that's what the world is expecting Jesus to come. They're expecting him to come deliver them from the government, to deliver them, to free them, that he's going to take over the throne and the power. But tonight, when Jesus, I want to look at how Jesus, when he came, came with a different approach. He came with an approach to the world that was to restore, to build up, to make whole again. He is the Prince of Peace. So point number one tonight is peace is found in wholeness with God. Say that with me. Say, peace is found in wholeness with God. So there are two Greek words that are used for peace. First one is shalom. Everyone say shalom with me. Everyone say shalom. The second one is erene. Say erene. Say it with me. Erene. These are the two words that we have in the Greek meaning peace. What they both mean is to restore. To make things how they were meant to be. To take what was broken and to bring it to completeness. To take the things that were maybe missing and, and add the missing piece and to make it whole again. We see in the Old Testament the word shalom used. And then in the New Testament, we see that Irene is used. And Ephesians 2.14 says, for he is our Irene. Jesus came as shalom. He was the embodiment of peace to come to build and to restore. He came to build and to restore. When the world wanted him to tear down, Jesus came to build and restore. Our peace is found in completeness. How many of you guys have ever seen these memes? Can we throw up that picture? Any of you guys ever seen those memes? Like the missing piece, right? This guy, his missing piece to completeness is garlic bread. But we only truly find peace, we only truly find the shalom when we come to a place of completeness. I need some help tonight. Can I get a volunteer? I got you, bro. Can you do me a favor? I've got this table here. Can you come up here? I need you to do me a favor while I'm talking for a few minutes, okay? I need you to build me this Jenga, okay? You know how to build a Jenga? You got three that are one way, three the other way, and keep stacking. Can you do that for me while I'm talking for a bit? Okay, I'll let you open that, okay? There's your blocks. Try to be quiet. As quiet as you can, okay? Thanks, bro. I love it. So we've got these two words, right? We've got shalom and erene, meaning to restore, to make whole. And as we talked about, I think this, this meaning of peace is a little bit different than what we think of. It's not just the absence of conflict. When we look at the, pe- the meaning of peace from a heavenly perspective, when we look at the Prince of Peace, we see that he came to build and to restore. You guys want to flip over your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. It's one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. I love it. It's talking about unity in Christ. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 11. It says, So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, or 
He is our Erene, that's where that's used right there, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. He made of no effect the law, consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. So what do we got going on here? We've got these Gentiles. They're in a world without Christ at this point. They're in a world without Christ. They don't have Jesus yet, and it says they were without hope. They were without God. They were aliens and strangers to the presence of God because the, the Israelites had, they, they had connection with God, but the people that were outside of that, the Gentiles didn't. They were spiritually dead. They didn't have access to God, and they were without Christ. You almost done with my wall there? You getting close? Okay. Tonight, Jesus is our peace. Jesus is the missing piece that brings us all together, brings the shalom. But without Christ is a scary place to be. When we are without Christ, we are without our light. We are without rest. We are without safety. We are without hope, as it says. We are without and we are lacking. It's like this Jenga puzzle we got here. You're almost done. Got three more for me? Cool. So what happens is it says that when we are without Christ, what happens? We are without God, right? Let's, let's start pulling from here. Oh, that one's already a bad one. We are without God. Let's see. I got this guy. We are without hope. Which one should I do next? Anybody? What do you think? This guy? We are without peace. The top one? Why would I do the top one? When we are without Christ, things start to get a little bit wobbly. What if I pull this guy? It's broken. All of it. You can grab a seat. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Give it up. Give a hand for him. This passage is showing us that true peace comes from harmony with God. When our lives are in perfect harmony with God, that's when we experience true shalom, true peace in our lives. But as it says, we cannot experience this. We cannot access God without Christ, without Jesus. As John 14, 6 tells us, says that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and the only way to the Father is through me. That's so what Jesus tells his followers. And so a lot of us is we're trying to find this peace in this world. We're trying to get the shalom, this completeness in our lives. But there's a lot of ways that we're looking for it that aren't in the Messiah, that aren't in Jesus. And what happens without Christ is we're never going to fully be complete. We're never going to be fully built up without Christ in our lives because he is the one and only one that can bring us the completeness of being in God tonight. It says by the blood of Christ that we are drawn near to God. Say that with me. Say, by the blood of Christ. That's important. What Jesus did on the cross, when he came and he suffered as if he was a guilty sinner, when he came in the place of all of us that deserve to be there, what he did is he brought us near to God. He brought us to a place when we were lacking, when we were without. Jesus came into this world and he was born, allowing us to experience a fullness, the shalom in our lives. Jesus made this way for us to be complete with God. But now in Jesus Christ, you once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let's keep going down. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. It says, He came and he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. There it is. In one spirit, access to the Father. We are brought near to God. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the, found, as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
in him you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. I love this part of the passage. It tells us that because of Jesus, we are no longer strangers, but we are brought into God's kingdom tonight, that we are able to enter in to that wholeness in God's kingdom. But not only are we just like second-class citizens, all of us that were outside of God's presence, we are brought in because of Jesus, and we are one. We are equal members in God's household, and we are built in the family of God by our cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ tonight. It says that everything that we believe is built on Christ. Our wholeness is built completely on Christ. Is the cornerstone of our faith, our salvation, and our hope. Without this Christ at the center, without Christ, this is what it looks like. We start to fall apart. So like I said, our peace is ultimately found being in Christ and being in connection with God. That's where we find this fullness, this connection with God. But I want to talk about tonight, how do we receive this peace, though? I feel like this can be an abstract concept, like, yeah, Jesus is peace. I want to experience shalom in my life. But what does it look like to actually go after that, to experience this, to, to ask Jesus to be the center of our lives. In Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, this is what it says. Let me get over there real quick. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. Almost there. It says, Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts, with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. God says that he gives peace to people he favors. Anybody wondering who those people he favors are? Kind of sounds maybe like it's a select group of people. Maybe that there's a, got to have a VRP card to get into this section. The, the people that God favors, who are they? And tonight, I want us to, to know that it's all of us in this room tonight. God's favor, his peace rests on all of us. That when the Messiah came on that first Christmas, is the embodiment of God saying, I desire connection with my people. I desire for them to have wholeness, and shalom. And that's why I sent my son. This is my second point, is faith is the catalyst for peace. Faith is the step towards peace in our lives. Our lives tonight are broken. We've all got things that are going on that need to be made whole, that need to be restored. And Christ is saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm here to give you that fullness. I'm here to give you that restoration. I came to earth to build and to restore and to build up your guys' life. But we have to come to a spot in our lives where we say, I accept this peace. I accept this. Let's look at one of my favorite stories. How many of you guys have ever heard of the woman who was bleeding for 12 years and was healed by Jesus? And we have heard that story before. Let's hop over to Mark a little bit. Mark, chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. It says, Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. And on the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. And instantly her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And at once Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. And he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? But it's a little passive aggressive right there to like, are you seriously asking, like, who touched you? Look at everyone around you right now. He says, who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. And the woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and she fell. Fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your afflictions. And what a beautiful statement. He says, go in peace and be healed from your afflictions. 
What's so beautiful about this story is how she received her peace, how she received her healing. She wasn't just like sitting on the side of the road. She's not just like sitting there and Jesus passes by and then like all of a sudden she's like, ah, better. I feel better. I feel a little bit more complete. Now, what does she do? She pushes through the entire crowd. She gets up and she lays everything on the line. It was her faith that led to peace and the peace that ended her suffering. The peace that Jesus offers comes when we are willing to respond and move towards him. When we are willing to move and respond to what he's doing in our lives, that's when we experience his peace. How many, do you guys ever notice that every time Jesus performed a miracle in the Bible, what does he say to people? Just go in peace, right? He's like, go in peace. It's not just like a fancy way of saying goodbye. It's like, go in peace. No, Jesus is saying, go in peace. What he's saying at this point is go and be made whole. Go and experience shalom in your life. That's what this woman did. She risked everything to come and to be restored by Jesus. She laid everything out there just to experience him. What she said is, I'm lacking in my life. I know there's a missing part. My life is looking like this right now. Yes, I'm sick. Yes, I'm hurting. But I also am incomplete in my soul. My life is not complete and it's looking like this. And she said, there's only one way that I can find this completeness, this shalom, this fullness in my life. She said, it's Jesus. She knew that the only way she could be fully restored was through Jesus that day. It says the ones that his favor rests upon, those are the people that acknowledge that he is everything. The one that his favor rests upon of peace are the ones that acknowledge that he is the light of the world and that he is bringing peace, that he is the prince of peace that we truly need in our lives. The people that saw Jesus like this, the people that say, hey, I, I need to get to that guy, they didn't just sit there. They didn't just think nice thoughts about God. They did everything they could. They stood up. They called out. They raised their hands. They pushed through the crowds. They fell at his feet. They cried and said, Jesus, you are everything. I need you in my life right now. You are the missing piece, the, the part that I'm missing to my completeness, my fullness, my shalom in my life. And these are the people that his favor rests upon. And that could be all of us tonight. And we all want peace, right? Everybody wants peace. It's nice when life is peaceful. When life is going good, it's nice, right? But I feel like a lot of us, we can find ourselves wanting peace as the world wants to give it. The peace of better life circumstances, the peace of maybe smooth finals. Who had finals this week? Anybody have finals? And yeah, tough stuff. Maybe we want the, the peace that all has to do with our health and our safety, our comfort, our well-being, our happiness. But Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. And do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus said that he is giving us a new peace tonight. Jesus was sent to this earth to give us a new completion in our lives. And he gives it to the ones that are willing to risk everything. The ones that are asking, the ones that are saying, Jesus, you are my all. I am incomplete without you. He gives it to the ones that come like a kid, humble, maybe a little bit hesitant. Just saying, God, I know that I need something more. I know it's you, Jesus. We have to come to this point in our life when we truly believe that he is the answer to everything, that Jesus is the answer to our incompleteness. This season of my life has been quite a fun one, uh, but it's been crazy. Me and my wife have been married this year. She graduated from school. We've moved twice. It's been a crazy year for us. We've been all over the place, and we've been in a spot for like six months, of the first six months of our marriage were the most unpeaceful time. We were so uneasy. We were trying to find peace in our jobs, find it in our friends, finding it in our living, our living situations. And for months, we could just not find the peace that we were needing. We could not find the completeness that we needed. But it was finally at a point when both of us sat down, we looked at each other and said, man, we, we gotta stop trying to do this on our own. 
we said, we need Jesus right now. We need him more than ever, and now we're here. That's what led to that. As we said, Jesus, I, we need you more than ever, and he, he brought us here, and we're so grateful for that. But what happened is, when we finally came to the point and said, we are failing at this, we were tired, we were anxious. Anybody feeling tired and anxious because of the things you're feeling in life tonight? Anybody feeling like, I just don't have completeness, I don't have fullness right now? I feel like a lot of us can be in that spot, and it can be so easy to lose sight of the peace that Jesus is bringing. But when we decide to lay it all down and say, Jesus, you are my all, you are my everything, we find our shalom. We had no idea what it's going to look like moving here. We didn't know where my wife was going to work. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if we are going to have friends. And God's been working all that out. But most importantly, when we took the step in faith towards God, when we risked everything to move towards him and what he was doing in our lives, we've experienced this peace unlike anything else. This place of shalom, we felt so much rest since we've been here. It's been just beautiful. And so tonight, I want to encourage you all. What are you facing tonight? What, what's broken in your life right now? What's needing completeness? What's being need, what's needed to be restored? What is that? I want you all to think about that for a second. Close your eyes and think, where is a place in your life that you are needing shalom? Where are you needing to be restored tonight? secondly, though, I want to ask, what are you willing to risk to experience the fullness, though? What are you willing to do to move towards Christ tonight? Are you willing to come out and say, Jesus, you are my everything? Are you willing to make a move towards him? Are you willing to say, nothing else matters but you, God, that you are the only one that completes and makes my life whole tonight? As Jesus says, he says, go in peace and be healed from your afflictions. Tonight, you may be facing some afflictions. You may be facing a place that you feel like is just a struggle and you can't get past it. I want to encourage you to run towards the only one who can bring you completeness tonight.